0: Hi everyone, I'm Margot Ferracci. Welcome to Heart and Hustle, How to Thrive in a Crisis. Now, today I'm talking with Felicity Harley. For the last two decades, Felicity Harley has been a journalist for Australia's leading women's publications, including a nine-year stint as founding editor of Women's Health and as launch editor of News Corp's women.com.au. She has appeared as a regular commentator on Channel 7's Sunrise for 10 years, has hosted TV shows and high-profile events and is a speaker on her favourite topic, health and wellbeing. Felicity has just released her first book, Balance is BS, where one of the major themes of the book is overwhelm and learning how to set and stick to personal and professional priorities. Felicity's married to former Geelong Cats captain Tom Harley, who's now CEO of The Swans, and together they have three young children. Felicity, thank you so much for making the time to join us today. Thanks, Margot. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. In your book, Felicity, Balance is BS, you investigate that question of whether this feeling that is so common, this feeling of being overwhelmed, is something we just have to accept. And to many, the pandemic and the lockdowns that have brought have come with it have really brought a sense of relief that life has become simpler, less active. I wonder what you make of that.
1: Oh, do you, it, I really flip. One day I think life is simpler. Yeah. The next day I think I am more overwhelmed than ever. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like there's these two camps and actually, you know, since my book came out in the middle of the pandemic, I think it was week three or something in April, Um, it, it I feel like we became more overwhelmed and then it became simpler and then it became more overwhelmed. So, So to answer your question, I think, there's two camps, and we know there's one camp, and research actually backs this up. So, there's one camp of, and I'm speaking particularly about women, mm-hmm. um, women between the ages of say 25 to 50, yeah. um, that are extremely overwhelmed. Yeah, um, they've, you know, they've got their work commitments, they've got their family commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're already overwhelmed going into a pandemic, mm-hmm. and then you add on this extra layer of pandemic overwhelm Mm. um and that's things like especially if you've been in you're living in melbourne yeah um should we you know homeschooling yeah do we wear a mask or not? Quick kids, come here and wash your hands. Oh, my goodness, can I go to the gym? You know, all these mm. things that we now have to remember because we're living in a pandemic. Yeah. So research actually came out from Melbourne Uni um, about a month ago and they questioned, I think it was about a thousand women across Australia, whether they felt like they were doing more housework, whether they were yes. homeschooling more than, than males, whether they were doing more um, laundry and, and cooking more meals mm. and a it was 80% said, yes, right. they are doing more. Right. Um, they're adding to their mental load that w- was already there before the pandemic. Right. So we've got that half. Mm-hmm. But then we've also got another half. And this is, you know, through I'm garnering these these examples through, you know, women that I've spoken to, people watching social media. I also write for um, News Corp. So lots of feedback on stories that I'm writing. And this other group, uh, yes, like we... The pandemic has been a fantastic hallelujah moment where yeah. we have thought, hang on, I don't I don't need to enrol my kids in something every afternoon of the yes. week. I don't need to you know, cook the most amazing cake for my five-year-old's birthday. I don't need to drink green juice every morning. Um, no, it doesn't matter anymore. All that matters is that I am healthy, I have yeah. a roof over my head and I have income coming in the door. Yeah. And don't worry about all the other stuff, just let it go. So... Yeah, I just flip flop. So one day I'm like, life is simple. It is so much easier. Yeah, less commitments, less mental load for a woman. But the next day, I feel like, oh wow, I am doing like so much more washing and cleaning and yeah. and homeschooling and. So it will be interesting to see how we what happens, you know, over the next year or two, and and a, particularly, you know, how women.
0: I'm talking specifically about women yeah. when I'm talking yeah. and how women feel coming out the other side. Well, of course, that's the theme for your book, Balance is Best, yeah. so that's who you're talking about. And what advice would you give then, you know, the lessons from writing the book and doing all of the research that you've done, for those that are feeling more overwhelmed, which is hard to imagine, um, easy to understand, but hard to imagine given everyone was already feeling quite overwhelmed, <laughs> yeah. uh, what advice would you give to them? I mean, they're... There's, there's lots of advice. Mm. I think, you
1: know, the one learning out of the book, there's a few things that I probably learned while, I mean, I spoke to experts, um, sociologists, psychologists, um, feminists, and also real life women. Mm -hmm. And there's a few things that pop up for me. And one of them was control your controllables. So Mm -hmm. that is control everything right now in that moment, Mm -hmm. stop thinking and worrying and mm. telling yourself stories about the future and just focus on what you can control right now mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've really put that into practice throughout um, the pandemic. I mean, my, I worked on a website that was cut you know, I've been worrying about my career, where am I going? Mm. Media has just in some ways been decimated. I'm sure
0: many can relate to that. Um,
1: yeah. So I just have to keep my headspace, okay, what can I can control today and yeah. stop worrying about where my career will be in yeah. two years? Yeah. And probably the other thing that I really learned out of the book is just this this slogan, done, is better than perfect. Oh, yeah. I think that, I mean, it's been around for a while, various writers and authors have used it, mm. But for me, I think we just need to give ourselves a break in some ways and if something's done, it might not be the perfect, it might not be perfect, but do your best and... Just let it go and then move on to the next thing.
0: and Or let, get someone else to do it and let it be less than perfect. Well, yes. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. get your husband to do it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And accept the consequences. Exactly. If he doesn't hang out the washing the way you like it, just don't worry. It's done. It's go to sit on the couch and read Felicity's book. Yeah. And so in terms of, you know, finding ways for us to thrive... I know that you've taken a really deliberate approach to learning from others in order to thrive and to develop professionally. So you count amongst your mentors, Megan Gale, Tanya Plibersek, Jane Caro, et cetera. Do you think that's, that ethic of learning is really critical to development for everyone?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I, as a journalist by trade and, uh, you know, I really wanted to write this book because I felt, you know, there were so many women out there who are empowered yet so disempowered Mm. um, by their overwhelm and their mental loads so it you know I have tips and tricks and things that I've Mm. learned in my life but I don't know anything Mm. I don't know everything and Mm. and so as a curator of content I suppose Mm. I wanted to pull from these all these women and especially women that's that all of us admire look up to and on the outside think their lives look so perfect Mm. But really, when you sit down and talk to them, they're anything but perfect. They're all struggling as well. There is no perfect. There is no perfect. There is no
0: perfect. And in fact, um, you know, I got really um, frustrated with my daughter the other day in the morning and reflecting on it half an hour later, I realised it was because I had taken on too much in that moment. It was nothing to do with her. And I said to her later on, I'm really sorry that I, you know, because it's that morning between seven, that hour between seven and eight when you're getting everything done and getting everything out the door, but you're also seeing what emails came in through the night before and what what you needed to get your plan done for the day and lunches, you know, right, yeah, you know that, know. that hour. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who's listening knows that hour. Yeah. And, um, and her response to me when I apologised to her was, oh, no, it just means I need to help you more. And... <sighs> I said, like, you don't. I, I just need to do less. Yeah. I don't need. You help me enough. You know, yeah. you guys do help me with their normal children. They have to be asked and all that sort of stuff. But my response had nothing to do with her. It was about me and how much yeah. I was taking on and what if I just didn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. What if I just didn't try and do everything that in that hour? That would probably be okay. So as you say, nobody's perfect. We're all, we're all just no. doing our best. Exactly. Um, now, you, of course, you're married to Tom Harley, who's the CEO of the Swans and an AFL legend. And with him in his job and you in your job with three children, uh, him away a lot, him in the AFL hub this year, lots of demands. How have you found you've managed the time without him there? And what have you learned from um, that?
1: Yeah, I, I I think, I mean, it's... Tommy's away a lot, like not mm. not just this year, but yeah. he's he's away a lot. I mean, I think this year, sadly, I've had to step back a bit from my career and work, mm. and that has been really hard at times because that is not what I
0: stand for. Hey, you know, hey, in hey! A you've book. just written a book too. like it's okay. Not everyone I writes know. a book when they're stepping back from their well, career. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, I wrote it at the end of last
1: year. But, okay, but you know, but it's hard. Like when you yeah. when you've got you I suppose yeah. driven and you, yeah, to and you want to do things you want to achieve yeah. and, and that kind of what that's what drives you yeah it's really hard just to go okay I just have to be at home for three days and yeah. you know and yeah. be with my children so that's actually been a real mental challenge for yeah. me um but in some ways I've actually really enjoyed it as yeah. well and I just think it's not for now one day they'll be 18 and won't want to hug me or yeah. you know paint their toenails or yeah. do painting and, yeah. and so I've just really tried to embrace that time and but yes we Tom away but still trying to man I mean I end up doing work till midnight that's Mm. how it goes Mm. um but uh, in some ways when Tom goes away it also runs a lot smoother Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone's in bed on time we um you know everything's done the house is shut down I get the house to myself so I try and look for the silver linings and and we miss him and it's been hard and especially this year in AFL as in in every you know every industry it's been extremely stressful and emotionally draining and and having and for Tom to just park that in the bedroom where he's working and not not bring it
0: (laughs) Um, we're still talking about work right yeah yeah. when you said park in the bedroom I didn't know what you meant no 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 (laughs) I mean
1: like sorry I'm thinking his study is like he's erected like in the spare room
0: yeah I'm I didn't mean that. I'm with you. And you do describe him, though, as your feminist ally in your book. And so, um, if he was here and he was responding to you saying, This is what I've learned, you know, having to manage with him away, what would he say to that?
1: Oh, I think he carries, he feels. I don't want to call it guilt, but he does,
0: he's aware of it. The responsibility of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's aware that I have had to carry the load at home a lot more because of he's been away this year or he's been so tied up in work calls. Yeah. Um, But I think he, but he's also, he's also very good at, no, we can't, we had this thing in our relationship where it's his his turn and then my turn. Yeah. So, you know, when I launched this website for news called, called Women, it was my time in the sun and then it's his time in the yeah. sun. And so we just have this kind of balance. And the race is long. Exactly, Yeah, exactly.
0: Felicity, you guys are a high-profile couple. You're in the media a lot and there'd be pressure on you to look a certain way, show up a certain way that many of us perhaps can't understand. How do you cope with that? as well as everything else that the rest of us are coping with.
1: Yeah, I think it, I'll tell you an interesting story, the first Brownlow that I oh went Oh, my God, to. Brownlow. Oh, <laughs> the pressure of the Brownlow. <laughs> Let me tell you about the first Brownlow I went to. So that was, um, what was that, new 2007? So I'd, I'd born and bred Sydney, lived in Canberra for a while. Didn't understand the Brownlow thing? No. No, didn't understand it at all. Tempted to break up with him once you understood (laughs) it? (laughs) Well, I didn't really understand it, to be honest. I I was working at at Cosmo at the time. I called an old-fashioned editor and said, I'm going to this Brownlow thing and I need a dress. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thankfully she lent me this beautiful red dress um, but had no concept of what it would be like walking out there on a red carpet and just seeing all those photographers but in some way I think my naivety was actually a good thing because I just didn't really yes, thank god <laughs> didn't really bother too much about my hair I mean I had it all done yeah. and don't get me wrong this lady's smoking hot everybody <laughs> <laughs> brown though oh my god <laughs> um but yes that probably was a bit of a whoa well, okay now I do have but <laughs> like, maybe I should be a bit more worried about going to things like this or things especially Melbourne because obviously It's a thing. It's a thing. And yeah. then when Tom, um, you know, he, he was Captain Geelong and he they won a few premierships, so he was like front and centre in the media quite a lot and we were always, you know, snapped walking down mm. we were snapped walking down the street a few times and but I suppose I've always been I just my nature is a bit just taken in my stride mm. and thankfully working in the media world I've had fashion cupboard like cupboards there to help me and people yes. who have helped me yes. um get dressed for the brownlow. I actually hosted it one year for channel seven so when you've got people helping you out it's a lot easier but I I yeah I perhaps have taken it in my stride and just not I mean I am who I am and that's Lovely. and and you know I'm I'm never going to be the best-looking person on the red carpet, but that's not who I am anyway and I'm more about, um, you know,
0: what I'm like on the inside yeah. because I think that shows on the outside. Well, I think your children are very lucky to see their mum <laughs> doing that. I think that's really important. So last question, I'm really interested in all of us who haven't gone anywhere this year and where we were supposed to be and why and what we've done about it. So Felicity Harley, where were you supposed to go this year and why? Um, well, we were heading to Canada. I've got one of my
1: uh, one of my sisters lives in Canada, so we go there every um, every two years mm-hmm. to go skiing and stay with her. And I miss her desperately. No. And sadly, this year we we can't
0: go. Um, so, what have you done
1: instead to keep up with her? Uh, well, we just talk. I mean, just a lot more Zooming and yeah. Facetiming, and and um, actually, my, I've also got a brother who lives in Europe, and he was supposed to he was coming home for two months. Supposed to leave last Wednesday. He had his bags packed. The airline called him and said, you won't get into Australia until oh, January. No. So another one of those, you know, th- was it 30,000 Aussies who can't come home. No. Um, but I suppose for me it's just, you know, I've got my family here and my mum and dad and, and friends and, and it's just spending time with them and
0: reminding ourselves that how important those relationships are. Yeah, 100%. Um, Felicity Harley, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope from this you've got some ideas and some themes about how to thrive in a crisis. Now, you can definitely hit the subscribe button if you want to hear more of the show and give us a rating as well. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.